Hello everyone, and welcome back to another chapter of Broken Things. This is chapter 5. This is chapter 5 here. Now, I had already recorded this once before, or at least I was talking, and then my recording software just kind of decided to cut off and stop working. So I went back to my old one, and I have to export it to Anchor, but... So that's quite annoying. It cut me off at the 30 minute mark and I was well over halfway done. So now I have to record it again. And it's very, this thing's very taxing on my voice. This is why I don't update very often. I might have to go get more water, but I have to do that all again, but that means less stutters. But anyway, here's the next chapter. Any notes or anything I will say at the end. All right, here we go again. The hallway leading away from the prison was deserted. Lance chose to see this as a positive instead of focusing on the overwhelming and terrifying suspicion that each cell they had passed by on their way out housed the skeletons of long forgotten prisoners. He followed that particular train of thought too far. It led him down the path of realizing he could have easily been one of them. Fortunately, Axa set a quick pace, leaving Lance no time to dwell on such thoughts, as all of his focus was put into effort, into the effort of trying to keep up while still moving quietly. Occasionally, he glanced back to check on the others because, despite everything, he was still in charge of the mission, and there was no way he was losing a single member of this team. The hallway, their hallway soon came to a dead end, veering off in two directions perpendicular from their current path. Axa halted as they reached the split, raising a hand to signify to the others to hold position. Lance stepped up behind her, and they both peered around the corner to their left. The second hallway stretching up before them appeared as well, and Lance cast a questioning look at Axa, his whole body buzzing with the need to keep moving. She tapped a finger to one of her ears and pointed down the hallway. No matter how much no matter how Lance Stranger tilted his head, he could not hear a thing. He trusted Axa in he trusted in Axa's superior superior abilities was absolute however, he gave her a short nod. He turned back to the rest of the team, mouthing the words be ready, as he held up his gun and motioned for them to follow. Shiro's eyes were cold as he raised his prosthetic hand like a weapon. Pidge gave him a fierce, determined nod her fingers grazing the instrument clipped to her belt, an electric projectile device she had built to mimic her Bayard as much as she had been able to. Hunk drew in a breath, giving Lance a long-pointed look. They had known each other for so long now. Lance understood exactly what Hunk was trying to tell him with that expression. Be careful, Lance. Don't kill if you don't have to. You're going to regret it if you do. Lance realized he didn't care. He knew he should care. He knew he should listen to Hunk, but all he could see were the bruises on Keith's skin. All he could hear was the words the Galra had whispered to him in the arena, and he knew he would do anything to keep to get Keith out of this place alive. He would kill if he had to. He would sacrifice if he had to. Whatever it takes. Lance turned back to Axa, and they began to move down the hallway together, walking as silently as possible. There were several doors on either side of the corridor, but only one of them was ajar. As they approached this doorway, Lance heard the voices, laughing, joking, jovial voices that made him shake with anger. Somewhere in the back of his mind, he knew that whoever was in that room probably had nothing to do with Keith's fate directly, but the fact that they were down here right now, laughing like nothing horrendous was happening, made him furious. The team moved to the far right wall, approaching the doorway with extreme caution. Exa leaned forward, peering into the room as much as she was able to with two without being noticed. After a moment, she pulled back, shifting toward Lance and typing quickly on the communication device on her wrist. Five soldiers, distracted. We should be able to sneak past one at a time. He nodded before typing out a similar message on his own device and showing it to the rest of his team. Axa waited for a moment, poised at the edge of the doorframe, and then she dashed across the open space, stopping at the wall opposite. One by one, they followed her, moving as quickly and silently as they could. 
Lance's heart pounded every time someone else dashed past the room. But they all made it without incident and hurried on their way until they reached a stairway, leading even further down. Here, Axel halted again and turned to face her team. The room where they have Keith is down here. They keep it far away from everything else so no one can hear. She broke off before finishing that sentence, but Lance's mind supplied the rest. This will be more difficult, she continued in a hushed whisper. The room where they have him is at the very end of an open hallway. There will be soldiers posted outside the door, and there is no way we can approach them without seeing this. Pidge stepped in close to them, holding out her arm. A hologram was displayed above her wrist, showing the floor plan of the level as they were currently on. Hunk and I still need to figure out the fastest route out of here, she said, pointing to a juncture on the hologram. Is this location out of view of the soldiers? Hunk and I need a place to work unseen and undisturbed. Axa examined the map for a second before nodding. Yes, I believe... That is where I hid before I was disco- before when I discovered where they took him. Her finger traced along two parallel lines on the hologram. This is the hallway we have to take. It comes to a dead end at that room, so there is only one way in and one way out. Her gaze flickered over to Lance's and held. He knew what she was saying. Turning to Hunk, he placed a gentle hand on his friend's shoulder. You and Pidge keep out of view. Find us a route out of here, okay? Don't think about anything else. Understanding flashed across Hunk's face, and his and and he started to shake his head. Lance, buddy, you don't. Hey, I'm counting on you, Hunk. Lance cut him off. His voice low and gentle. Remember why we're here. I need you to keep it together, okay? Keith needs you. Hunk held his gaze for a moment, biting his bottom lip. Then he nodded. I'm here for you. Lance gave him a tight smile before turning back to the others. Okay, let's go. Axa, Shiro, follow me. When they reached the juncture, Pidge and Hunk set themselves with their backs pressed against the wall and got to work piling, pulling up their rope for their escape. Lance felt strangely calm as he glanced to Axa and Shiro. He drew in a breath and then stepped around the wall into full view of the soldiers positioned outside the door at the end of the hallway. There were four of them, and they shifted subtly as he started toward them, striding with purpose. He felt their eyes on him. He saw their shoulders square, their bodies becoming more alert. He kept moving forward. Sixty feet. One of the soldiers stepped forward. Fifty feet. You are not allowed to be down here. Turn back, and there won't be any trouble. Forty feet. Another soldier joined the first. Weapons were drawn. Feet shifted into defensive stances. Thirty feet. This is your last warning. Turn around. Twenty feet. Lance planted himself squarely before the soldiers, letting out all of his rage and hatred show on his face. The gun was in his hand, aimed at the foremost soldier's head. Something passed over the Golro's eyes as he glanced to Lance Deshiro to Axa. A flicker of recognition. Do you want to die? Lance didn't recognize his own voice. It belonged to someone else. Someone who who would pull that trigger without hesitation. Someone who would not allow anything to stop him now. We are just doing our job. The soldier held his gaze. Is that job worth more than your life? Shira's voice was deadly calm from behind Lance. The Carvacel will not... The soldier did not get a chance to finish. The smallest noise came from inside the room. It sounded like a whimper. Choked off at the source. A clatter. A low chuckle. The soldier's eyes widened... In realization, the expression freezing on his face as his head whipped back with the force of the shot. He dropped heavily to the floor, a trickle of blood running down his forehead. Three more shots echoed through the silence of the hallway, and Lance was shoving past the fallen soldiers, slamming his full weight of his of his body into the door. Shiro was beside him, raising his foot and gave one powerful kick to the latch. Then Lance was stumbling into the room as the door was flung open. He took the scene in all at once, each separate aspect falling into place like pieces of a puzzle sliding together. Various items littered the floor, articles of clothing, weapons of every variety, straps and ropes and devices used to restrain were scattered amidst the speckles and spatters of blood. Three pairs of yellow eyes turned to glare at him. Three sets of pointed teeth bared a snarl. One set of hands held a metal rod that crackled and sparkled with bolts of electricity. 
One set of hands was smeared with blood, claws curling at the ends of long fingers. One set of hands was wrapped around a throat. As the three gull returned, rolling at the interruption, Lance saw who he was looking for. Heath had been placed in a chair at the center of the room. He was completely immobilized, his wrists and ankles bound to the seat with a coarse rope. Lance's opponent from the arena loomed over him, one hand resting on the backrest of the chair while the other curled around Keith's neck, pushing his chin up at an awkward angle. Keith saw the blood. Lance saw the blood on Keith's face. He saw the limp position of his hands and the slump of his shoulders. The gun was already in his hand. He fired three times, watching as each Galra fell in turn. I will make you pay for this, he had promised the Galra in the pit. Now, the debt had been paid. Axa, guard the door, he called, the gun dropping from his hand and clattering to the floor as he leapt forward. Shiro! He didn't need to give the command. Shiro was already at his side as they ran across the room. Lance's former opponent had fallen on top of Keith, knocking the chair over. Shiro grabbed the lifeless body and hauled it off the chair as Lance dropped to his knees and at Keith's head. He brushed away Keith's bangs that obscured his face, calling out his name. Keith's eyes were closed, his head lolled to the side, and fear slammed into Lance like a blow to the chest. His fears pressed against Keith's neck, finding the spot just below his jaw, searching, feeling, trying, failing. Shiro! Lance's voice cracked under the weight of his panicked desperation. Get him out of the chair and onto his back. Shiro was already working, practically ripped the chair apart with his bare hands. Lance spun, grabbing a blade from one of the fallen Galra. As soon as the ropes were cut, Shiro flung the broken remains of the chair across the room and lay Keith supine on the floor. His position, he positioned his hand over Keith's chest and pressed down. There was a muffled zap from his prosthetic arm and Keith's body convulsed. Shiro shocked him again and again. Keith was hyper, Lance was hyperventilating. He couldn't think past the one word screaming through his mind like a prayer. Please, 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 please. Keith, don't you fucking do this to me. Shiro never swore. There was sweat on his brow, and his eyes were wide and frenzied. Zap. Come on, Keith. Zap. Come back. Zap. Fuck. And then, a gasp, a deep, ragged intake of breath, a chest rising and falling as air pushed back into lungs, as blood began pumping once again through the heart. And finally, eyes opening, unfocused and dazed, but slowly clearing. A sound tore from Lance's chest, a sob or name, or both. He leaned forward on shaking limbs, placing one hand on Keith's shoulder. Keith. It was a broken whisper, but the sound of his name seemed to catch Keith's attention. Witsing, he swiveled his eyes up toward the sound of Lance's voice. Their eyes met and Lance's heart shattered in his chest. He saw the exact moment Keith recognized him. He watched in anguish as tears sprang to Keith's eyes, overflowing down his cheeks, cutting clean lines through the dirt and blood that clouded his skin. Lance repeated his name, choking on the word. One hand was unconsciously stroking the side of his friend's face, wiping away the tears with his thumb. I'm sorry, he rasped. I'm so sorry we took so long. I'm sorry you had to. I'm sorry I wasn't there to. There was no substance to Keith's voice as he mouthed Lance's name. No, don't speak. Lance sniffed, wiping at his own tears absentmindedly with his sleeve. It's okay. You're okay. We're gonna get you out of here. Can, can you move at all? Keith made an attempt to sit up, pain flashing across his face, sudden and severe. Shiro was leaning forward then, one hand resting on Lance's shoulder, while the other slipped beneath Keith's neck. It's okay. We've got you. We'll get you out of here. Shiro? One of Lance's hands came up to cover his mouth as Shiro paused. He lowered his head just a bit, giving Keith a look of pure affection, undercut only slightly by the tears glistening in his eyes. Yeah, buddy. I'm here. We're all here for you. Keith opened his mouth to speak, but no sound came out. Shiro slipped an arm around his shoulders, hauling him to the, up to the sitting position. 
Lance fell against Shiro's chest, arms, his arms hanging limply at his sides. He tried once more to speak, and Shiro leaned down so Kia's mouth was right next to his ear. Lance couldn't hear the words Keith whispered, but he could he couldn't see Keith's face, but he saw Shiro's. He watched Shiro's brow furrow in confusion for a split second before his face came to life with a mixture of horror and fury. He pulled away, holding Keith up so he could look him in the eye. He drew in a shaky breath, looking for a moment like he might be sick. Then he forcefully pus- pulled himself together. It's it's going to be okay, Keith. His voice was not quite steady, though, and Lance didn't want to know what Keith had whispered. If it had gotten this reaction from Shiro, he didn't want to know. We'll have you checked out as, at the garrison. It's, it's going to be okay. Keith whispered something else, and then suddenly Shiro's eyes were on Lance. He gave a quick nod. Yeah, he's really here. Lance was leaning forward, and this time he heard Keith's words tell him, I'm sorry. Lance opened his mouth to protest, to question, but Lance, but Keith's eyes fluttered shut as he slumped forward in Shiro's hold. The bigger man bent down, lifting Keith in his arms, cradling him tenderly against his chest as he carried him toward the doorway. X's face twisted as they approached, her eyes lingering on Keith's unconscious form before she tore her gaze away. I, um, she cleared her throat and looked up at Lance. I received a communication from the, um, from Pidge, saying that we have located the best and quickest route to our ships. She held a gun out to Lance, and he stared at it in her hand, not moving to pick it up. Just in case, she said softly. I took it off one of the soldiers. Numbly, he reached for the weapon, feeling his fingers wrap around the cold metal of his grip. Now that he had Keith, everything seemed to be catching up to Lance. His head was pounding. His body ached. His hands stung. His eyes burned. His legs feel like they might give out on him at any second. But they weren't safe yet. It wasn't over yet. He And he needed to keep it together. Lance... I'm okay, Axa. He shook himself and straightened up. Let's meet up with Pidge and get and Hunk and let's get out of here. I got this. They stepped over the bodies that littered the floor outside the room and they made their way down the hallway. Pidge's face went white the moment she caught sight of Shiro, of Keith and Shiro's arms. Hunk shut his eyes and turned away, looking like he might throw up. Get it together, guys. Lance's voice was rough. We still have a long way to go. We can relax, so so tell me how to get out of here. If Lance was being honest, he didn't remember much about leaving the arena building. Only flashes here and there. Pigeon Hunk guiding them. X's unrelenting grip on his hand. His finger pulling the trigger of the soldier's weapon. Yelling and running. Keith being handed off to Hunk. Shiro's eyes dark with fury. Blood spattered across his armor. Thick red drops splaying out from Axe's blade. Despite Lance's body moving on autopilot throughout their whole escape, his mind retained every time he fired the gun and a body fell on the other end. He remembered the eyes of every soldier and fighter he took down. He knew it should have mattered to him. He knew he should have been broken up about taking so many lives, but all he could feel was an odd kind of of disembodied numbness, and the memory of his fingers pressing against Keith's neck and not feeling a pulse. When they made it to the forest, after losing the Carvis cell members somewhere in the outskirts of the city, Lance counted them up to his head, his kills. How many lives was Keith's life worth to him? He knew he could never put an actual number to it, but right here, right now, on this mission, it had been 21 including the two aliens he had killed in the arena. He had taken 21 lives in order to rescue Keith. He knew he should have been he knew he should have felt sick and disgusted at that fact, but every time he thought he could worm but every time that thought tried to worm its way into his head, he glanced over at the unconscious form of his friend, held snuggly in Keith's arms, and he knew he would do it again. 
Whatever it takes, he had told Shiro at the start of everything. It had been a promise, and he had kept it. Seeing the large ship Shiro Pigeon Hunk had taken to Zalir was such a relief, his legs almost gave out on him. But he forced himself to keep moving up the ramp. He forced himself not to relax until Axel was at the helm and they were breaking through the atmosphere. Until all that surrounded them was silence and stars. It was only after they were well on their way back to Earth that Shiro pulled Lance aside, taking him by the shoulder and guiding him away from the others. Before Shiro could say anything, Lance blurted out the question he wanted to ask since they left the city. Why was he apologizing to me? Why did he say sorry? Shiro shook his head, his face grim. I don't know. I'm not sure about that, but I need you to prepare yourself for something else. I think it's best you hear it from me, so... so now, so it doesn't come as a shock later. Why? What's going on? Lance wasn't sure he could handle it anymore. This is really bad, Lance. This is, like, really bad. I need you to remember that he was there for you when you needed him most. So I'm going to need you that you to be there for him now. Do you seriously think I won't be? Did you hear what he said to me before? The question stopped Lance in his track as the memory resurfaced. You mean what he whispered to you after you revived him? No, I didn't. He remembered the expression on Shiro's face and he didn't want to know. Shiro was about to tell him, and he didn't want to know. Shiro closed his eyes for one moment before nodding in resignation. He said, none of them use protection. His gaze was fixed on Lance as he said the words, willing him to understand without actually uttering the one word that would explain everything. At first, it didn't mean anything to Lance. At first, it was just words his exhausted brain was trying to figure out. When understanding came, it broke upon him like a wave, bringing with it a flood of emotions. Denial came first, leading the charge because it solely couldn't mean what he thought it meant. I need water to do these devastating voices, so I apologize for that. <clears throat> no, Lance. Shiro, no! This was quickly followed by horror and confusion. How could they? They? Wait, Shiro, they? None of them? At them? As in? Shiro looked stricken as he confirmed. Them as them as there was in more than one. Panic took over after that, guilt bobbing in its wake. You mean if we had got to him sooner? If we could, if we had not spent so much time? You can't think like that, Shiro leaned in, clamping both hands on Lance's shoulders, cornering him and blocking him from view of the others. We did everything we could with the time and information we were given. We did everything we could. I didn't. Acceptance was sad and shameful when it reared its head. I could have fought better. I could have listened to my instincts and tried to get him before the fight was over. I could have taken his place like that one Galar suggested. Shiro cursed under his breath grip tightening. He's going to hate me. Lance gave in to the selfishness that clawed at his heart, feeling like he might throw up. Tears prickled at his eyes and he blinked rapidly. He's going to hate me for the rest of his life for letting this happen. That seemed to snap Shiro out of his downward spiral, a frown creasing his brow. Lance, I promise he won't hate you. I promise the thought of blaming you won't even cross his mind, so I need to pull yourself together and stop thinking that way, because you, do you know what's going to happen to him? Lance's throat was too tight to speak, so he just shook his head. He's going to blame himself. The minute the words were spoken, Lance knew they were true. He's going to go over all the things he could have done, all the things he thinks he should have done to prevent this. He's going to feel weak and powerless, and we cannot let that feeling consume him. Please, Lance. He's my little brother. It all happened so quickly, Lance felt like the wind had been knocked out of him. Shiro's voice croaked, drew in a sharp breath as a tear slid down his cheek. He repeated the last sentence, quiet and devastated. He's my baby brother. Watching Shiro break down was the push Lance needed. Because no one could be strong all the time, not even your heroes. Because he knew how much Keith meant to Shiro. Lance inhaled deeply, straightening his spine and swearing 
his shoulders. He picked one emotion from the medley, still swirling into his chest, and let it take root. He let it spread, burning through his veins like wildfire. A deep, seething rage, fueled by one thought. How fucking dare they? Keith had not been theirs to hurt. He had not been theirs to touch. He had not been theirs to break. He was not theirs at all. He was Shira's brother. He was Pigeon Hunk's friends and family. He was Axe's confidant. He was Crolia's son. He was Lance's. Falling asleep on the couch with his head resting on Lance's shoulder before the movie was even halfway over. Speaking softly as he brushed the sweat-soaked hair off of Lance's forehead after a particularly bad nightmare. Throwing his head back and laughing with his entire body at some stupid joke. Gingerly wading into the ocean up to his ankle. Up to his ankles, his bottom lip jutting up forward into a pat as Lance teased him, telling him that he would get used to the cold water faster if he just took the plunge and jumped in, pressing a tender kiss to Lance's temple as he thought when he thought Lance had been asleep, whispering words of assurance, you're going to be okay, you will never be alone, you are so much stronger than you know. Lying on the floor, blood smeared across his skin, gasping for breath as his heart was shocked back to life. He was everything, and they had almost taken him away. Lance planted himself on the floor beside the bench where they had laid Keith to rest for the remainder of the trip. His grip on Keith's hand never faltered as his friend drifted in and out of consciousness. He only released his grip after they landed back at the garrison and one of the doctors physically pried his fingers open as several others wheeled Keith away on a gurney. Shiro ran alongside the gurney, yelling something back to the doctor supporting Lance. There was commotion from behind him, and Lance turned in time to see Hunk catch Axe as she stumbled from the ship, her legs giving out beneath her the moment they hit the pavement. He hoisted her into his arms, carrying her toward the hospital entrance. I honestly don't know if they've, if I've, if they've gotten any sleep in the past. I don't know, three or four days. Hunk said as he moved past the doctor, holding Lance upright. He needs to be checked out as well. Give him a sedative if you have to. Just make sure he gets some rest. Lance vaguely heard the doctor saying something to him. He turned around and the world was falling away. He heard the sound like water rushing up toward him, like a wave crashing on a beach. Then everything swirled away into blackness. Break. Just hold on. I'll be right back. Intermission, I need to plug in my laptop. Alright, we are back. Laptop is all plugged in and nicely. Alright, back to the story. Lance's entire body felt heavy and and consciousness sluggishly returned to his mind. He cracked his eyes open, feeling like even that was an effort. For a moment, he lay in confusion, blinking slowly. He didn't remember hearing his alarms go off, and it was already light out, so he must have overslept and missed. Then that was when reality came rushing back to him. His body slammed into panic mode, and he bolted upright, ripping the blankets off and swinging his legs over the side of the bed. The rush of blood to his head hit him so hard he staggered and nearly dropped to the floor, saved only by a pair of strong arms and wrapping under his armpits and hoisting him upright. Easy. Take it easy, buddy. It was Hunk's voice. That sound is from somewhere behind him, quiet and full of concern. We can't have you passing out again. How long? Lance's voice was hurt, was hoarse from disuse. About 12 hours. The doctor didn't even need to give you sedatives. I guess your body was just... Keith? Lance couldn't keep a little panic quiver from his voice because anything could have happened in 12 hours. Keith could have been treated and released from the hospital. He could have left running off somewhere to have never seen Lance again. He could have... He's still out. Lance was finally finding his feet, and Hunk gingerly released him, keeping his hands raised just in case he needed to catch his friend again in a hurry. They ran a lot of tests on him and patched him up. 
Shiro was the only one who was, who was able to see to even see him, until about half an hour ago. Hunk made a sympathetic face as Lance met his eyes. The doctors put him in a mini coma to help his body recover faster. They say he's probably going to be out for the next two days. I came here as soon as I heard because I knew you would want to know when you woke up. Lance looked at his friend. Hunk was a good guy. He had always been a good guy. No matter how much anyone tried to dislike him, he had always won them over in the end because he was just a genuinely sweet and nice person. Do you hate me now? Hunk's shoulders slumped at the quiet question. Why would I do that, Lance? Because I took 21 lives. You watched me do it. I didn't hesitate once, and I don't regret it. I would do it again. Lance forced himself to hold Hunk's gaze, even though he desperately wanted to look away. He didn't want to see Hunk's kind eyes filled with disappointment and dismay. It was true that he had not had any regrets from taking the lives of Carvacel members. He knew he had let Hunk down, and that he, and he did regret that. I knew you would. There was only a small, sorrowful understanding in Hunk's eyes as he reached out and put a hand on Lance's shoulder. You saved Keith, man. I'm never going to hate you for that. No, I didn't. Lance knew the tears were going to come. He could feel them clogging his throat and stinging the corners of his eyes. I had to watch him stand up there on that platform above the arena twice. I had to listen to him agree to do anything the Galra said he could save. So he could save my life. When the tears did come, they felt like heavy rain, dripping off Lance's chin and into tiny rivulets. He he didn't have a pulse hunk when we found him in that room. That fucking bastard was choking him. Hunk's hands were placed gently on either side of Lance's face. You should hate me, Lance whispered, his voice choked with despair. Keith is going to hate me now. And you should too. I'm a killer. And I was too slow to stop them from, hey, hey, listen to me. Hunk tilted Lance's head up slightly so they were eye to eye. You were the one who decided to go after him. You were the one who made sure we didn't waste any time. Exit told us what happened when it was just the two of you on Zillier. You risked your life in that gladiator pit, Lance. And you say he didn't have a pulse when you found him? Hunk's expression intensified as... Lance's face crumpled at the memory. Well, he does now. He's alive because you didn't give up on him. He's alive because you got to him on time. You saved him. And I promise, he will never hate you. You gotta trust me on this one, man. Hunk yanked Lance forward into a fierce hug. And Lance stifled a sob and into his friend's shoulder. Did I mention, Hunk murmured, that somewhere along the line you broke two bones in your right hand. So everything you did, you did well injured. You're a badass. Lance raised his hand so he could look at it. He hadn't noticed the bandage wrapped around his fingers all the way up to his wrist. I never felt anything, he said in bewilderment. I'm telling you, man, badass. Hunk chuckled softly before pulling away and holding Lance at arm's length. I'm going to take you to Keith's room now, okay? I know he'll still be out for a couple days, but I think it'll help if you actually see him. Lance's legs were shaky when he shuffled beside his friends and down the halls of Garrison Hospital. Nurses and doctors and people passing by watched them unshamedly, and when Lance actually had the nerve to glance back at them, he found what he was not looking. He found that they were not looking at him in disgust or fear, as he had expected. They were not looking at him like the failed paladin he believed himself to be. They were looking at him with something akin to admiration and and respect. They were looking at him as someone who had done something they would never have dreamed attempting themselves. They looked at him the way he had secretly looked at Keith during during their time as cadets. Hunk placed a hand on his back and they stopped in front of one of the doors. You're not a killer, Lance. There was nothing but sincerity in his voice. No one sees you as a killer, okay? You're a hero, and that is how Keith will see you, too. Lance took a deep breath in, giving Hunk a little nod before he pushed the door open. He didn't want to be Keith's hero. He didn't want to be a hero at all. He didn't know what he wanted. He just didn't want that. 
Shira was sitting in a chair beside the hospital bed, Cosmo's large head resting on his knee. As Lance stepped into the room, both raised their heads as he entered. <coughs> and then Shira was on his feet, shifting the largely large wolf gently out of his way as he stepped around the footboard and moved toward Lance. Before Lance could even register what ha- was happening, Shira's arms were wrapped around him, lifting him off his feet by the strength of the embrace. When he was set back down, Shiro kept his arms tight around Lance's shoulders. Thank you. Doesn't seem to cover it, Lance said softly. Shiro said softly. I don't know what to say, Lance, but I'm... He drew in a breath and pulled away, looking Lance dead in the eye. If it weren't for you, Keith would have died, alone and afraid and in pain. You have come so far in the time I have known you, and I am so proud of you. He smiled at Lance, his eyes glistening. I am so proud and so grateful. He could only stare at him, his body trembling. No matter how long he had known Shiro, or how much they had been through together, he would always be Lance's childhood hero, and hearing him say those things was too much for him to handle at the moment. Shiro gave him a firm pat on the shoulder before turning and walking back around the bed. Lance hung back. From where he stood, he was not able to see Keith due to the curtain shielding him from the door. For a moment, he wanted nothing more than to turn back and bolt out of the room, but swallowing his fear, he slowly stepped around the curtain. He didn't lift his gaze until he stood at the edge of the bed. When he did, he wished he hadn't. Cosmo must have sensed his distress because the wolf was quickly at his side, pressing his flank against Lance's hip. His wet nose nuzzled Lance's elbow as he looked up, whining softly. Keith lay perfectly still in a clean white hospital bed, his dark hair splayed out on the pillow, machines beeping steadily beside the headboard. Bandages, litter- bandages littered his skin, peeking out from underneath, peeking out from beneath the hospital gown. But the bruises on his face were still visible. A neck brace wrapped around his throat, an IV attached to his arm, and an intubation tube ran from the corner of his mouth. Keith's hand rested at the side of a blanket. Intentively, fearly, fearfully, Lance reached out and touched the fingers. Touched his fingers. How? He didn't bother trying to keep the strain from his voice. How is he? Physically, Shiro answered. Better than we had hoped. We're still waiting on the results of several de- tests, but the doctors are very optimistic. There was a pause, and then Shiro's voice came again, softer this time. He's strong, Lance. He's a survivor. The tears rose in Lance's throat. They hated him so much. He could hear the crowd again, the shouts and the jeers and the snarls. He remembered the fanatic glee in their eyes of the other fighters at the prospect of being left alone with Keith. All their hatred for Voltron, for the war, the ripples, all of it, they focused it on him. He didn't deserve that. Nobody deserves that, but Keith. He choked on the name, the tears spilling from his eyes, dropping soundlessly onto the mattress. If I could have spared him from this, I would have. I would have taken it all myself, Shiro. I tried. The tears were getting worse, blurring his vision, clogging his throat, constricting his chest. He shook his head. His whole body was shaking as the memories piled up. On, pushing down on him until he wanted to collapse on the floor and sob. He wanted to Keith to wake up. He wanted to apologize. He wanted a chance. He wanted the chance to tell him. I was so mad and so hopeless, and he was so strong, and they they were killing him. They tortured him, and, and he didn't have a pulse, and you... Oh, God, Shiro. Lance had been holding back during their time of Zalir was bumbling to the surface. Everything he had suppressed and pushed aside for the sake of the mission was coming out in the form of blind panic. Somewhere in his mind, he knew it was over, but he had—he knew he had no reason to panic anymore. Keith was safe and they had escaped, but it had happened. It had still happened. The one fear Lance always carried with him every time Keith went off on a mission had almost come true. It had been so close. Cosmo licked his hand gently, whining again. Lance looked down at the wolf. His hand was shaking as he combed his fingers through the animal's soft blue fur, trying to convey all his guilt and remorse and sympathy in that touch. 
If we had gotten there a minute later, he would have... Would, if we had been too late, what if we had actually died? Shiro's hands were on his shoulders then. Lance, I need you to calm down. He's fine. You know that, right? You can see that. He's alive. And not in, and he's not in danger anymore. I... I know. I know. Lance braided his face in his hands for a moment, trying to even out his breathing. After a moment, he straightened up, wiping the tears from his cheeks. I know. I know it's selfish, so completely selfish of me to say that, say this, but it's just that I, I need him, and I don't think he knows it. He tore his eyes away from Keith's still form to look pleading up at Chio. I need him. I just need him around. I need him to know he's. I need to know he's okay. I need him in my life because I keep thinking about it. And if if he died in Zilla, he wouldn't. He would have never known how much I need him because nobody, kn- because nobody knew because I never said anything because he was always there for me and I never. Lance shook his head. Everyone believes he cares about me more than I care about him. I don't know how, but when he wakes up, I'm gonna find a way to prove to him that, and to everyone that is not true. Lance, I know you believe it too, but I'm telling you, it's not true. Cheryl looked up at him for a long moment, as if battling with themselves whether or whether or not to say anything. Finally, he sighed. Lance, it's different with Keith, the way he feels. It's just different. You can't know that for sure. Maybe not, but I've had the chance to casually observe the two of you for years, and I'm fairly certain I'm right. I'm not saying you care less about him, but it's just different. You can't... Do you have a word for how much you care about him? Lance blinked at Shiro in confusion. He could feel his heartbeat speed up, heat creeping across his cheeks. If you don't know what I mean, if you don't what I mean, then I'm, then I'm correct. He gave Lance a sympathetic pat on the shoulder. Why don't you stay with him for a while? I'm sure Hunk informed you it would be at least two more days till he is set to wake up, but I believe he can still hear us if we talk to him while he's out. Lance stared at Shiro as he turned and exited the room. He was still too confused and tired and anxious to figure out what Shiro had been talking about. Sighing, he pulled his chair closer to the bed and plopped down. Cosmo was immediately there, planting himself in between Lance's bent knees and leaning forward to lick the drying tears that still clung to his cheeks. You're not mad at me, Lance murmured. Taking Cosmo's large head in both hands and he looked at the wolf's weirdly intelligent eyes. And you don't seem worried. Should I take that as a good sign, right? Cosmo gave a little huff, and Lance actually found his lips curving upwards in the hint of a smile. I'm glad we were able to get him back for you, he whispered absentmindedly, stroking the wolf's cheeks. Cosmo pushed his snout firmly against Lance's chest and kept it there for several seconds before pushing his head back and looking up expectantly into his, into Lance's eyes. For you, too. The animals meshing message almost seemed so clear, Lance wondered if there was some form of low-level telepathic communication emanating from this creature. Seemingly satisfied, Cosmo huffed again and curled up at the base of the chair, leaving Lance alone to focus his attention on his friend lying motionless on the bed before him. For a couple minutes, he simply stared, listening to the machines beep, watching the steady rise and fall of Keith's chest. He re- his hand reached forward unconsciously, his fingers curling around Keith, comforted by their warmth. He paced, pressed the pad of his limb against the inside of Keith's wrist, feeling the rhythmic pulse beneath his finger. Hey man, he glanced up toward the head of the bed, his eyes trailing over Keith's face. I don't know I don't know if I believe you can hear me, but if you can Lance paused, willing the tears back. He cried enough for one day. I'm sorry. It came out of as, as a whisper. I am so sorry, Keith. I will make it up to you if you'll let me. His fingers tightened just a little, wanting more than anything in the world to feel Keith's fingers squeeze back. Whatever it takes. Do you have a word for how much you care about him? He heard 
Shiro's question in his mind, but he still didn't understand. There was so it was so much more complicated than what others realized. He wasn't even sure if there was a word to encompass everything he felt. I'm here for you, he whispered, his thumbs brushing gently back and forth against the skin of Keith's wrists. Even if you hate me, I'll always be here. Lance was medically cleared and discharged from the hospital, but he still spent the remainder of that first day in Keith's room. When the nurse popped in to check on Keith and inform Lance that visiting hours were over for the day, he called Hunk to see if his friend could give him a ride home. Axa, it turns out, had woken up and been discharged hours before Lance was already at the house where, when they arrived. She and Veronica were the first to run in and meet him as he got out of the car. The rest of his family was not far behind, as soon as he was surrounded by familiar faces full of worry and relief. There were hugs and tears and fussing over his injuries. Lance took it in all stride until they started asking him about the mission and about Keith. He was grateful when his mother noticed the change in his demeanors, and all those questions stopped immediately and immediately changed the subject after telling everyone that Lance had a long day and they could talk about it in the morning. He had spent the rest of the evening being much quieter than more than normal, sticking close to his mother's thighs like a tall, lanky shadow. The following day had the entire family packed in their van and drove to the garrison. Lance had, stead- had walked steadily through the hospital walls and between Axa and Veronica, his sister's arm wrapped tightly around his shoulders and his arms clasped in Axa's hold. Despite the horrible, unspeakable nature of their mission, Lance was grateful for the one small fact that the relationship he and Axa shared had shifted. An unspoken agreement had been reached, a bond had been formed, and Lance knew that if she ever needed him, he would drop everything to help her. Just as he knew without a doubt she would do the same for him. She was part of the family now, the same way Hunk and Pidge and Shira were, the same way Keith was. Lance hated watching his parents' reaction upon entering the room and seeing Keith in the bed. He doubted how his father went, silent and staring, his mouth curved down to it into a scowl. He hated how gentle his mother became, stepping up to, to the side of the bed and soothing and smoothing some of the hair out of Keith's face, planting a tender kiss to his forehead. He hated watching them explain to his niece and nephew in simple terms that Keith had been very badly hurt and that he would wake up, but it would take some time. He hated how his niece leaned up on her tiptoes, whispered something in Keith's ear before planting a small childish peck on his cheek because he, he hated it all, because he knew that was how he, they would react if he had been the one lying on that bed. He hated how that knowledge made his stomach twist painfully, because he still didn't understand. Do you ha- have a word for how much you care about him? There was no word to describe how he felt as he watched his family fuss tenderly over Keith as he felt as he slept. When Lance finally returned home, Lance stayed, planting himself in the chair at the side of the bed. The others came and went as much as they could outside of their normal responsibilities. Shira was there often, checking up on Keith's status. Pitch popped in every once in a while, fiddling with the machines, making sure everything was performing to function properly. Hunk would stop by and keep Lance company when he could, drawing Lance into reminiscent conversations about their time with Voltron and all the stupid things they could they done when they were younger. Shiro had the only constant in the room was Cosmo. Shiro had informed Lance the wolf had teleported into the room the moment Keith was placed in the bed. Scaring all the hospital staff present, they had tried to get him out of the room, but eventually given up. After he just kept teleporting back every time someone dragged him out the door. On the third day, Lance entered the room to find a nurse removing Keith's intubation tube. She She offered him a cheering smile informing him he should expect Keith to regain consciousness by the end of the day. After she left, Keith was scrolling through his phone in a chair by the bed. Cosmo curled at his feet when the door to the room burst open. For a split second, panic seized his heart at the wild-eyed Gulliver who stormed in, until he recognized Crolia, with Colovan following closely behind.
She spared Lance one look before hurrying over to the bed, leaning over her son's sleeping form. The gentleness of her touch as she stroked the side of his face was, was contrary to the fury burning in her eyes. Cullivan kept his distance, standing at the foot of the bed. But Lance could see that even he could not keep the anger completely from showing from his stoic features. Lance put his phone aside, averting his eyes to Curly, bent over Keith, murmuring to him and stroking his hair. He was toying with the idea of slipping out of the room silently, leaving them to have a private moment, when Curly straightened abruptly and fixed her eyes on Lance. She didn't need to ask the question for him to understand what she wanted to know. There were so many things he wanted to say, his eyes flickering between the two blade leaders for a moment. I tried to contact you. You could have used your help. You should inform the members of the Blade that they should be able to contact you in special cases, even if you have informed them to maintain radio silence. He knew those only sounded like poor excuses and they would serve no real purpose. Key's unit was attacked on their mission to Marath. He was escaped by the Carvacel and taken to the fighting pits of Zolir. Colvin made a startling noise at the name, pulling back his fingers clenching as he the footboard. Crolia. His voice held a warning. Crolia had gone deadly still, her tired demeanor. Shifting from worried mother to something that act- that sent an actual shiver up Lance's spine. He was grateful that he didn't need to spell it out for them. It was clear that they were both fully aware of what sort of things happened to anyone who taken against their will by the Carvacel. He is my son, Cullivan. Every word, every movement of Corellia's body screamed danger. She radiated She radiated rage and hatred and heartbreak. The very air around them almost buzzed with the strength of her emotions. I'm going to kill them all. The way she spoke, the words had not been a threat or a promise. It had been a fact. Lance was glad of that. He rose from the chair, drawing her attention. We took out anyone who tried to stop our escape, but I will help you with the rest. We will all help you if you ask us. The tall Gaulard woman looked at him, really looked at him for the first time since she entered the room. I know what you did. Lance's heart sank at her words, guessing what would fall. follow. You weren't there for him when he needed you. Didn't fight hard enough on Zalir. He don't deserve to. I know the blade would have left him for dead. Lance looked up as Corellia continued frowning. He had not been expecting that. I knew that his own unit was giving up on him. I knew that you did not. I know that you did not. I know that you would have gone for him alone if necessary. Her eyes softened softened as she held his gaze. I knew you risked your life to bring my son back. Lance shook his head. It wasn't enough. I didn't get him back soon enough to... Lance held up a hand, cutting him off. Did you know that he spoke extensively about his team during our time in the Quantum Abyss? He never really talked about the time to me. Lance had always wondered, but had not wanted to press Keith for the information. He's... No, nor should he. We saw things... I saw things that... She broke off, her eyes boring into Lance's. We should know that during our time there, during all of our tasks, he spoke of you the most. I know all about you, Lance McLean. Lance's breath caught in his throat, and he wanted her for her to list off all his insecurities, everything he had done wrong, all the mistakes... He had made. I trust you with my son. Her words drove the breath from Lance's lungs. He stared at her, eyes wide and mouth open, because he had no response to that. Because the way she had said it, it sounded like approval. It sounded like permission. It sounded like a blessing. Lance was still staring as she turned, heading toward the door. You should be here when he awakens. And you and we do not require assistance. Excuse me. She rounded the corner, giving a sharp whistle, and Cosmo was up like a flash, zapping out of the room to follow her. Lance felt Cullivan's eyes on him, and he looked up at the imposing Galrog towering over him. He tried not to cower under the weight of Cullivan's hard stare. Many would be dead, 
if not for that boy. The Carvacel had everything coming to it that Crowley and I. The Carvacel has everything coming to it that Crowley and I will deliver. He gave Lance a curt nod. We will return once the job is finished. Lance was dozing in the chair later that evening when the sound of his own name roused him. He was up like a shot, shot bolting out of his chair. A tiny smile Keith offered him was worth all of his awake and awkward flailing. He pulled himself together and stepped over to the bed. Hey man, he kind of kept the grin off his face even if he wanted to try. How are you feeling? That question, however, wiped the smile off Keith's face. He turned away, pushing himself up until his back rested against the headboard. I'm fine. Lance shifted his weight onto the bed at Keith's feet in a half-seated position. One foot rested on the floor. Well, then that was the fastest recovery in the history of the universe. He saw Keith's jaw clench, but got no response. Keith's hand rested in a fist at his side, and Lance leaned forward, brushing his fingers against his friend's knuckles. Keith, you shouldn't... Keith slipped his hand out from beneath Lance's. He wrapped his arms around his torso, pulling his knees up, curling in on himself as he was trying to make himself as small as possible. I'm fine. You don't have to be here, Lance. Yes, I do. The words might have turned someone else away, but Lance knew Keith and knew this feeling all too well. I'm not going anywhere. Keith shook his head. It's fine. I told you I'm fine. I don't need you. Yes, you do. Lance scooted forward. Do you remember how many times I told you that after Alora died? You knew I was lying back then, just like I know you're lying now. You can try to push me away all you want, but I told you I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving you alone. I want to be alone. Well, tough, because I want to stay with you. Lance held up a finger before dropping his hand at the mattress, all his guilt and worry and fear came bubbling to the surface because Keith would not meet his eyes. Keith, I'm so sorry it took us so long to get to you. I'm sorry for my part in all of this. I'm sorry I wasn't there for you when you- Stop it! Keith spat the words at him. Why are you apologizing? You- you risked your life to rescue me like a fucking damsel in distress, which apparently is what I am. My entire fucking life, everything I've done- He shook his head. Kind of, a kind of bleak acceptance twisting his features. I thought I was better than this. I, th- I guess I was wrong. You're not wrong. Lance moved further onto the bed, reaching up gently to ke- gently take Keith's face in his hands as he tried to get his friend to look at him. You're stronger than all of us, even if you don't feel that way at the moment. Exa told me that. Told me what they had planned for you in that arena, and do you know? What my reaction was, I went and threw up in a trash can. I couldn't even be strong for you in that situation. But you, you were standing on that platform, staring them all down in defiance. Keith pulled his face out of Lance's hold. I'm sorry you had to do that. I never meant, are you fucking serious? Yeah, I am. You should go. Keith, I'm not going anywhere. Just leave me alone. No, stop fighting whatever it is you're fighting right now. Keith twisted his hands together as much as his band as much as the bandages would allow. He wanted to grab Keith and shake him. He wanted to pull him into a hug. He wanted You don't have to act strong right now. You don't have to pretend like you're not hurting. It's just It's just I'm not pretending, Lance. Go away. I'm not going away. I'm not going away. Lance raised his voice to match Keith's tone. I'm going to stay here until you and keep pushing you until you either cry or actually fucking talk to me because you both know that's what you need right now, even if you don't like it. Keith's head was fully bowed, his nails biting into his skin, and he squeezed his arms around his body. Please, I told you I'm fine. But you're not! Lance hated that he had to do this. He knew that he didn't get Keith to open up right now. He would keep everything inside, letting all of his trauma fester, eating away at him until there was nothing left of the person Lance had known before. For once in your life, I know you're not fine. I saw you, remember? I know what they did to you. No, you don't! There it was. The tone Keith 
used when he couldn't fight against his emotion anymore, when he had nothing else to hold on to and couldn't only speak the truth. You didn't know what they did. You weren't there. It broke me, Lance. They st stared at him, wide-eyed, his heart hammering in his chest because this was different. And the several times he had heart, he, he'd had to push Keith for this re for a reaction, for the truth, and it always ended in yelling. They had shouted at each other until, eventually, they both realized there was nothing left to shout out about and began to calm down. They would remain quiet until Lance usually said something stupid and Keith would fight the urge to laugh until he finally gave into the mirth together. But Keith raised his head now, his eyes matching Lance's, and everything was quiet. They broke me, Lance. The words were so soft, so devastated. Keith wanted to wrap Keith up in his arms and never let go. No, man, that's not. I tried to fight back. I'm good at fighting. I've been fighting my whole life, but this was different. Lance knew that he was finally getting to the truth, and he hated it. He could hear the tears choking Keith's voice, and he hated it. He knew he had to sit there and listen to whatever Keith wanted to tell him, but he still hated every single word. I had no weapons. There were so many of them. They tied me up. held me down. Lance wanted to scream. He wanted to squirrel throw something. He wanted to run up after Crolia and help her murder everyone in charge of the fighting pits. I know, Keith. He whispered instead. Keith held his gaze for a moment, his eyes his eyes searching Lance's face. He dropped his head, bitter, watery laugh, tearing from his throat. Oh, right, of course you do. Did Shiro tell you? He waved the question off before Lance could even open his mouth to respond. It doesn't matter. Everyone will know soon, not, soon enough. They will know. They will know what I let happen. They will never trust me to lead a boy mission again. And I don't care. I don't care what they think of me. I don't care if they talk about me behind my back. I just have to prove myself all over again. And, and I'll have to show everyone that this isn't affecting me and that I can still do my job. I'll just... Keith... Colvin will know. My mom will know. They'll take away my, my position and rank with the blade because they'll think I'm too weak now. But no, but I can. I just have to work my way up from the bottom like I did before on on that planet they... His voice caught in his throat for a second before he rushed on. They tried to see who could make me show the most pain, so I refused to give them that. They did everything they could to make me scream or cry, or but I barely made myself but I made myself barely make a goddamn sound because I can. And if I can do that, then I can do this. I can face all the people out there as if nothing happened. Everyone at the garrison, every member of the blade. I'm not people, Keith. Lance watched his words register on Keith's face. He watched his jaw clench and his nostrils flare. He saw the tiniest tremble of his lower lip. He understood that he must have been that must have been the expression Keith wore had worn the entire time fighting off the pain, sinking deep into his own mind and put to a place of numbness and escape, just willing everything to be over. Keith got to his feet and moved over and moved forward, his waving his hands as he motioned Keith to scoot over on the bed. Lance hesitantly complied. Lance kicked off his shoes and crawled in beside his friend. He leaned back against the headboard, pulling the blanket over his legs and slipped an arm behind Keith's shoulders. What are you doing? Keith whispered as Lance pulled him close, guiding him guiding his head down until it rested against Lance's shoulder and his body slumped into place nestled against his side. Hey, Lance, you can trust me, Lance whispered harshly into Keith's hair as he pulled the blanket up around them. It's just you and me. You don't have to hide anything. It's just you and me. You've just been through something horrible, and you need time to heal. Everyone will know you need time to heal, and everyone will know this won't be something you can just get over and move on from. But you can't ever actually move on if you ignore it and pretend it never happened. You should know that more than anyone because you were the one who taught me that two years ago. He wrapped his arm around his friend.
trying to be gentle as he remembered the bruises on Heath's ribcage. I wish there was some magic word or phrase I could say to fix everything, but there isn't. All I can do is be here when you need me, and especially when you say you don't need me. That's what I did, is what you did for me, and that's why I, what I will always do for you. After a moment, he felt Keith relax into his side. If you don't, if you do find a magic word or phrase, let me know. He mumbled. Lance let out a soft chuckle, absentmindedly combing his fingers through Keith's hair. Um, potato chip, mountain range. It takes two to tango. A soft huff hit Lance's ears. It wasn't quite a laugh, but it was more than he could have ever hoped for. He tilted his head so his cheek rested against Lance's hair, tightening his arms a bit. Hey, mu- hey mullet, he said quietly. When I say vol, you say Voltron. It was a whisper that turned into a soft chuckle and one that turned into a sob. Keith buried his face in Lance's shirt and cried. And Lance held him long after he stopped crying, long after he fell back asleep. Long after the nurse tried to kick him out because visiting hours were over, long after the sun had set and the moon shone through the hospital window, Lance held him and finally understood. All right, that's it for this chapter. Oh, God. So I don't do this. I don't do super regular updates and uploads for this because it's extremely taxing on my voice and it exhausts me. But... I hope you all enjoy, and I love seeing all of your likes on Tumblr, and any comments, like, any, please feel free to comment on my posts, you can reach out to me on Twitter, if you have any questions at all, or if you feel like just wanting someone to talk to, or anything like that, at all, ever, then you can message me on Twitter, or on Tumblr anytime, or just leave a comment on one of my fics, and I will probably respond as soon as I can, because your comments and your likes and your reblogs mean the world to me, and it really just helps me show your support for this. So thank you all very much again for listening, and if you have any fic recommendations that you want to be here read by me, please send them my way. I would be very happy to read them. And then if and if you feel like you want this read by me, then I will gladly read it for you and post it. Although these things do take a lot of time and um, they, again, really taxing on my voice. So, especially this one because it's so long, but if you all enjoyed, please, please, please consider, you know, sending me a kudos my way or leaving a comment or just a simple reblogger like on Tumblr, really. It, it really means the world. And you can follow me on Twitter to know that I'm not dead. And that's the place where I'm most easily reachable. But on Tumblr is where you can get all the updates. But Twitter is the best way to contact me. And if you want to follow me there, sometimes I post updates. But um, that's where all my other shit posting goes. So I hope you all, again, really enjoyed this chapter. And the next chapter will be out who knows when. I'm hoping sometime next week, but we'll have to see. So again, thank you so, so much for listening, and I hope you all have a lovely, wonderful day.